Welcome to Future Perspectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. I'm your host, Gabby Sanderson, and I'm here to talk with international film stars, upcoming talent, and industry game changers. Over the Future Perspectives series, you will discover secret stories and inspiring perspectives on the future of cinema culture and society. So let's begin. This is Future Spectives. Welcome to Future Spectives, the podcast series brought to you by the Locarno Film Festival. I'm Gabby Sanderson and I'm absolutely thrilled to be sitting down with Michele Januzzi, the creative director and owner of Januzzi Smith. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much and uh, thank you for having me here. <laughs> you have a long history with the festival and I was told it was 30 years, but you don't look old enough for it to be 30 years of working at Locarno. No, not quite, but it's possibly even longer than 30 years because the first time I arrived here, I, I was 15. Mm. I used to live in a valley nearby here. So at 15, did you know what you wanted to do in life? Did you know you wanted to work mm, I, and probably I knew storytelling, art. art and storytelling? I know art because my family has an art background. So at 15 years, you're a little bit confused and the, the containers are still quite wide. So I know it was mm -hmm. round art. In fact, for a period, I thought I was going to be an artist. And then I discovered design and I prefer design. Mm. I like the problem solving aspect to that. And so the festival opened me the possibility to talk to people that work in team, work collaboratively, mm -hmm. uh, and are all related to uh, make something that allegedly possibly makes the world better. That was mm. the, the ambition, at least. Going back to Locarno, can you tell me about the presence they do outside of? here in Switzerland, because I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was an old program. I don't think they do it anymore. It was in relation with the foreign office. Mm. So they were using the embassies as platforms to promote the festival. Mm. And uh, the Swiss embassy in London had in the list of the designers, Swiss designer, my name. And so I was contacted up a few chance. No, there was no, there was nothing really pre-ordered. But I had this idea for an image for the festival lurking in my head for many years so i just did that and uh, and that was and that, and that was the reference to that was chuck close you know the american artist okay yeah. he, he was making these um, painting portraits made of small painting that collectively were creating an, ima an image so what we thought is to use the brush mark of the leopard to create <laughs> thousands of little squares and then assign up to each of them a tonality in grayscale and then to use those to create images of movies that were been uh, that had been shown in in locarno wow so the first image was uh, a film by aki karismaki now i remember yes can you talk actually a little bit more about the significance of the leopard and Locarno? Because so, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So the leopard, first of all, is a mistake. Uh, and it's a mistake that was born out of, no one is really too sure about that, but from what we managed to gather, uh, the symbol of Locarno is a lion. But because in heraldic, using the French, the, there was the leopard, so it could kind of be confused for a, a lion. When they had to create a symbol for the festival, they went back and um, 
decided to uh, to refer it to the symbol of the town, you know, in, in, in the coat of arm type of thing. Mm. And my reading of what actually happened, it was that uh, the year before Venice started and they had a lion. So there was no real option. So they invented this story and this little confusion of the leopard. Uh, there was possibly a lion or whatever else. And so there we are with, uh, with a leopard, which is actually better than a lion as far as wow. I'm concerned, because it's got this very easy trick of two color making a pattern, because it's not really the, the leopard, the symbol is the pattern. The, right. it's, the, it's that way that you recognize everywhere. It's, and so that is a very repeatable, easy, memorable you have to protect it obviously because it's very contended but mm. there is a is a, a visual mark that uh, you can use quite easily and freely to do the type of intervention we need here in locarno which is a small mm. town and you need to color it you need to uh, to dress it up for the event well mission accomplished and is it true that you redesigned the leopard a few years ago so the the first leopard came from uh, trying to remember, uh, because it was at one point they commissioned an artist called Remo Rossi to do uh, the actual statuette, mm. which is, it doesn't look like a leopard even, but that is where the leopard got introduced, because before that the price was uh, a sail, probably because of the lake and so on. Ah. So that was then introduced. Then there's been a company, uh, a Zurich-based company called Gigaka, very famous one here in Switzerland, with a big story behind them, that uh, came out with a series of posters where they introduced the yellow and black. And they were having this poster with tail and it was mm -hmm. very elegant and beautiful and so on. And then that for several years created the image and then gradually dissipated away. Yeah, is the you know a successful idea then gets hacked apart and, uh, and and destroyed and especially by the time sponsor partners and so on comes into play, all of a sudden it was not yellow and black in anymore and he had multiple shapes and forms. So when we were tasked to um, to reorganize things, we thought to effectively go back a step in history and to recoup the idea of the leopard, clean it up, make it flexible still to be perceive the news in the setting as we needed but primarily just to set up some rules to protect it mm -hmm. and uh, and so and also the other thing that we wanted to do is uh, uh, to to make it move because it, it never moved uh, right. so for a film festival we didn't have a moving logo so the thing i wanted to do is to go and, and film uh, a, um, a a real leopard make it Wow. moving across the the frame and um and there we are so that and is yeah i mean I, I it's before every movie isn't it that they get screened yeah kind of a reminder of uh the was he the metro metro goldwyn meyer lion you know the, the roar is it's that type of thing it's yeah. a logo that is got to precede every single screening it's incredible. I mean, it, it's a really special moment when you're sat about to watch the maybe a premiere of something in Locarno, and then you you have the 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 leopard walk across the screen. Basically, it's it, an expensive transition. Because that, that, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Is, uh, because yeah. all you have to do, you have to bring it on on the frame on 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 the screen. You have to bring the. The, the lettering Locarno Film Festival. So you got a yellow screen. I'm, I'm trying to mm -hmm. uh, to picture it. You got this yellow screen, and then it's completely empty. And then 
a leopard that um, fill up the screen completely at one point so it's, it's bigger it gets cropped there is there is a number of frames in the middle of the passage which is fill up the the screen completely and that reveals the pattern which i was referring before ah. and then it becomes it goes back to be a leper because you see the end and the tail yeah, yeah. and and it reveals the lettering so yeah, yeah. that is an expensive transition it's brilliant and especially watching that in the piazza grande where it's eight thousand people and then the screen that's the, it's the biggest movie screen i've ever seen <laughs> I think it's probably the biggest screen in the world, right? It must be. He, he, at one point, I remember reading, is the biggest in Europe. America can always Europe, do things right. bigger somehow. Right. So I, right. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you could see it from you know Mars, that golden leopard walking across the screen. But I'll, I'll give you another one. Okay. On, on the leopard, and then and then I'll shut up. Is uh, we shot it in Oxfordshire, in oh. yeah, in uh, is a. Um, kind of sanctuary for animals and uh, it's not open to the public it gets used a lot by the bbc to do the in between the filling shots on the attenborough mm. documentary mm -hmm. that type of stuff there and they got an enormous selection of animals and we managed to get two leopards one was very good at stand, standing still and one was good at moving and jumping and so you needed something in between then right <laughs> Well, you know, because we, we did a number of those things. We had, we had it roaring, we had it walking, we had it to use for posters for different type of stuff. And then right. the one that is walking was um, Bandera. Bandera was the name. And uh, the one that was doing the still scenes is called Chota. Nice. And of course, the Golden Leopard is the grand prize here in Locarno yes. at, the, at the film festival as well. The influence of Locarno and its impact on young, creative local people. I mean, you, you, you know, told us at the start of our chat about how it impacted you. Uh, you were a young boy living in Ticino when you first came in contact with the festival. And um, it still continues to inspire people today, doesn't it? What, what What is it about? What's the magic of the Locarno Film Festival? I suppose is that so many people uh, turn up with different type of expectation, contrary to the festivals where you got mostly professional. Here you get a wide range of public. And so mm -hmm. you get the proximity of um, people that discover cinemas uh, and that can discover cinema by by mixing into the public and people that come here professionally. So mm -hmm. you got the big stars, the big um, heavyweights in the in the industry. Yeah. And, and they end up in close proximity. And I think that is the, the element that makes the magic. On top of that, then obviously there is the setting and there is the size of the town uh, that allows to, you know, try to put a festival, put, try to put the Olympic Games in London, you don't see them. Uh, mm. And But Locarno fills in completely mm. and you got the perception of a city that leaves cinema for 10 days a year. Mm. And I think that mix there is what manages to touch people and uh, and then it stays with you, uh, or at least it stayed with me. And when you are representing the festival or, and telling the story, in terms of like getting that essence, how does Janutzi Smith communicate that to uh, people outside of Locarno? 
Oh, that's a, that's a difficult question because uh, I, I don't think I have the answer. We're continuously trying to, uh, to go after that X factor. Uh, it's so difficult to pin down. Yeah. Sometimes you're confronted with real deliverable. You, you need a payoff. You need a title. You need a new, a new program, a new product, or something that you have to develop new. And and then there is always that point. But how does it actually help to? How does it contribute to that X factor? And and there is no formula. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Normally, you don't know if you got it right. Or wrong until you actually see it happen. Mm. So even the one I was describing before, the the leopard, the, the it's now being there for the fifteen years and it's going a- across the screen. The first time it went in front of the public, you don't know if you're gonna get booed or or they're gonna clap. You don't yeah. know what is the reaction. Is it gonna be totally? Totally invisible, and so you you miss the point. Or is it gonna be? something that that uh, resisting time and you got that proof only when you actually got the check with the public mm. and and the the beauty about locarno that you can get that check with the public every year yeah periodically systematically you know coming August you got a few things to actually get tested during your time at the locarno film festival what have been some special moments for you personally that you've seen i okay. think is the stuff that happens Behind, behind the scenes, the scenes. Mm. yeah. I I've been here now for 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 so long that I belong to the furniture. So I met some great people, and some of those have become my personal friends, and they stuck with me for life. And uh, they moved on, and uh, one day I'll move on. But I know each and one of them uh, will remain with me. I th- I think the people is what I, I cannot make them by name because. Uh, they, they, they might not like it, but uh, mm. the people that I met here, there are a few, a handful of them that will stay with me for life. I think that's a lovely way to wrap up this interview. Right. Thank you. We've got one more thing left to do. Oh, the questions. Let's roll your closing credits. What movie have you watched most in your life and why? It needs a qualification. Julien Jimba, Francois Truffaut, because I saw it once and to the end and I loved it. Painful film to watch. And then I wanted to watch so many times and I started rewatching it so many times. But I never get to the end because it's so painful. <laughs> uh, you know, the story is so tragic. I mean, all that mix of things that happen, you know, war, people, love uh, and so on. And the misfortune and the and, and and the bad decision, you know, everything like that, it makes it unwatchable. So I must have tried to watch it twenty times, but I really just watched it once. Okay. If you could have the Piazza Grande to yourself and your friends, what movie would you like to watch there the most? I was lucky with that because the movie I wanted. It was shown in Piazza Grande is the Gatto Pardo by Luchino Visconti. It was on a second screen in one night. So a few people were left and myself and my friends were there and were watching the movie. So it has happened to me. Nice. You're directing a movie about your life. What would the opening and closing scenes look I, like? I, I think I would reject the prospect of directing my own movie. <laughs> <laughs> no way. What about if you could create a new category of award at the Locarno Film Festival? Uh, that that I know. That I know. It would be title sequences. Ah, yeah. and in fact, one. on the one on title sequence, I would want to dedicate a retrospective to Soul Bus. 
So Bassi was doing he was doing all the anatomy of a murder and uh, you know, Otto Preminger's movie. And actually, now that I remember on that one, there is Walk on the Wild Side by Edward Dimitri, is a Western with a title sequence by Saul Bass. And if you go and watch, or any of the listeners go and watch that title sequence, it's, I'm sure it's easy to find on YouTube or something like that, you're going to see the inspiration for the Locarno Film Festival logo. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I think that, that is the first one. I don't, nice. think, I don't think I never say that. What are your hopes for the future of film festivals? To be able to adapt so they can remain relevant. Is today's art shaping society as it should? Yes, as always. What can art and cinema do to improve people's lives? What they do is telling stories, and, and by telling stories we actually bridge the the moment we were born to the moment we die, make life more interesting and, and equip ourselves to confront the, confront the misfortune or the bad things that happen in life as well as the, as the good thing. What's the biggest challenge today for cinema and culture? It's two different things, perhaps the answer is the same. Technology. Mm. Okay, and final question. As the Locarno Film Festival is all about freedom, do you feel free? I feel free. Yes, I definitely feel free. Michele Giannusi, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Future Spectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support Future Spectives with your review and subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. This series is created and produced by Brand Audio Media.